Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're doing well. It's Steph. It is uh, 20 to 6 on May the 3rd, 2007. And this is this is as far as I can I can go. This is everything that I have figured out so far, culminating in this podcast. So after this, I'm just making shit up. <laughs> so this is uh, as far as I have been able to get with this uh, the knowledge that I have with regard to concepts and all of that. So thank you for your patience as we have taken a slightly circuitous route to get to the core of wanted, what I wanted to get uh, at at the beginning of all of this. So. Without further ado, let's plunge in, shall we? So for the Ubertubers, uh, sorry that uh, this video, uh, you're going to have to go back and listen to the podcast that came just before this, 742 numbers, I think. Uh, but uh, if you don't understand what I'm talking about here, go and do that one, and uh, hopefully it will make some kind of sense. I, I, you know, I just wanted to wait for a really bad traffic day so <laughs> we have a good chance to chat about this stuff. And uh, I'm mean, really enjoying the cross breeze here. I don't know if you can see a thing. I guess it's kind of bright on my chest here, right? Yeah. Um, so there are concepts and there are reality. And what I want to explain, or at least explain my <laughs> explanation of, whether it's true or not, you can tell me what you think. What I'd like to explain is why people invent concepts that are not derived from reality. Why do people invent concepts that are not derived from reality? So we have concepts like countries and, and gods and, and uh, family in terms of virtue, the loyalty that you should have for a virtuous construct called the family, which is unrelated to the virtuous actions of the members within those families. Why we have things like this alternate universe, this Bermuda Triangle called the army, where suddenly murdering people you're told to is not being a hitman but being a hero. Why is it that people make up concepts that are not derived from reality. Uh, there's a concept called the law of gravity, which is derived from the behavior of things in reality. So why is it, why is it that this, uh, this world is so infested with these concepts that mean nothing, that are just made up, and, and, and pounded and pounded and pounded into children? until reeling, dazed, mentally bleeding and broken, they fall into this chasm of fantasy called social concepts. Concepts not derived from reality. And I'm going to just say something very simple here, which hopefully will illustrate what it is that I'm talking about. So let's say I'm going to write a screenplay, and it's just fiction just fiction. It's no any similarity to people alive or dead. It's purely coincidental. It is just mere, complete, and total fiction. And I sit down with you and I say, the main character's name is, yes, you guessed it, Bob. Bob. And are you going to disagree with me? It's my story. The main character's name is Bob. Are you going to say, no, it's not? <laughs> well, of course not. I mean, maybe if, if it's set in Morocco <laughs> in the 12th century, Bob would not be that common a name. But let's just say it's <laughs> a screenplay set in a place where the name Bob is not unheard of. So if I sit down and say to you, 
yeah, the, the main character's name is Bob, then you're not going to be able to disagree with me in any way, shape, or form because it's all it's made up. Right? It's not derived from reality. <laughs> so then uh, you say, I, I tell you the story of Bob, and, and you say, I think the story of Bob kind of sucks the wet one, and so uh, what else have you got? And I said, well, I've got a documentary that I want to do. And you say, oh, that's interesting. What's your documentary? I said, oh, it's about this Jewish uh, physicist uh, sort of born in the 19th century, and then just before World War I, he's working as a clerk in a patent office, and he's kind of doing physics part-time, and he comes up with the theory of relativity and so on. And you say, oh, Einstein. And I say, no. No, his name's Bob, too. You're like, wait, wait, wait. It's a documentary on a Jewish physicist who came up with the theory of relativity in 1912. And I say, you bet. And his name is Bob. Are you going to be able to disagree with me? Why, yes, of course you are going to be able to disagree with me, my brothers and sisters, because who I am describing is not Bob, but Bob Stein, but Albert Einstein. So do you see the difference between a concept that is derived from reality and a concept that is made up? Where a concept is derived from reality, you have a documentary. And where you have a documentary, my friends, <laughs> you have a situation where there is such a thing as fact-checking. There is the capacity for rational and objective agreement and disagreement. There's a possibility of being right, and there's a possibility of being wrong. Who is going to tell me in a fictional story that my character's name is not Bob? It's Jack. It makes no sense. Nobody can correct you in fiction. Concepts not derived from reality. Nobody can correct you. You can't be wrong. Now, of course, logically, you can't be right either. Is Bob a better name than Jack for the hero of some waspy, whitey story? Well, no, not really. I mean, unless you want to get into some sort of sophisticated etymology nonsense to keep English students uh, abuzz uh, centuries from now. But no, fundamentally, there's no objectively better name for a Joe Waspy Whitey character than another. I mean, assuming that you're going with some bland Anglo-Saxon syllable or two. Only difference is if you choose to call the character Dick rather than Richard, there may be some relevance in that. Or if you if you want, I say to you, I've got this movie. I've got this movie, and it's set in Morocco, and you say, No, it's not. And I, w I would pause, right? Imagine you're pitching a movie to a studio executive, and you say, Okay, I got this great movie. First off, it's set in Morocco, and he says, No, it's not. No, 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 no. That story, the story you're about to tell me, is set in Algiers. And you say, No, no, I'm I'm sorry. My story is set in Morocco. He says, no, 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 no. The story you're talking about is set in Algiers. It would make no sense, would it? 
It's your story. You can set it wherever you want. Nobody can correct you on that. At least in the first sentence. If you say, my story, it's set in Morocco, and the capital of Morocco is Toronto, then someone can say, well, no, not so much, right? Or it's more like, <laughs> if you say, I don't know, like you're pitching Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, and you say, Lothlorien is to the west of Gondor. And someone says, no, it's to the east. <laughs> you see, it makes no sense. Concepts that aren't derived from reality can only be internally consistent, right? They can only be internally consistent. They can't ever be consistent relative to reality because they're not relevant to reality. And then they don't, they don't have any relevance to reality. They're not related to reality. And when I say they can be internally consistent, that is a sort of artistic standard of, of you know, basic quality, right? I mean, if you have a character who's, who's very outgoing on one page and then is very shy the next page and then is, I don't know, suicidal and then is ecstatic and, and is not, you know, it's not manic depressed. It's just a random character, right? Just making stuff up. Or if you have a character who's, whose name changes from page to page or chapter to chapter, then you are not internally consistent. If the orcs and the elves change personalities halfway through Lord of the Rings without any evil sorcery spell or anything, then obviously there's just inconsistency relative to itself. Right? Orcs are bad, and orcs should stay bad as a whole, unless there's some significant intervention or change, choice, something. So concepts can be internally consistent. That's why you say God is, you know, the All-Father in the sky, not God is that and only a frog. Because, right, of course, he is a frog because he's everywhere. But if you say God is only a frog, and then the next day you say God is the all, then God is not internally consistent. So there's internal consistency to concept bundles like religion, nation, and so on, right? And there's some, like Jew, which are just not consistent at all, right? Is it a religion? Is it a culture? Is it a race? Well, it depends. You know, what works for you, right? If Judaism is a belief system, then anyone who believes that is a Jew. Right? The same way that anyone who's into Marxism is a Marxist. But uh, no, apparently it's not that. It's a race. Oh, well, then there can't be any virtue in it if it's just a race. No, 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 because it's a belief system. Right? Anyway, we've been through this before, so... That's all internally consistent with we want you to give money to the synagogue, <laughs> right? I mean, that we want your money. That's con certainly consistent with that. So the question is, why are there these concepts that are made up that are not derived from reality? Right? You, have, you have the concept tree derived from plants with exoskeletons <laughs> in the woods, right? Or who, which are the woods? And they're derived from reality. Well, if somebody says, I saw a tree dancing yesterday, you say, well, I don't think it was actually dancing because trees are rooted in the ground and can't move. So you can you can say, that's Albert Einstein, not Bab. Because there's a concept with reference to reality. A documentary, not fiction. So the question is why 
are all of these fictions invented? Why are the, all these fictions invented? Well, to make you a slave, of course. To make you a complete and total slave. And this is all the way back to podcast number 70, the relatively famous <laughs> <laughs> Invisible Apple podcast. Why do people want to invent this invisible apple and then tell you that it's real? Well, to enslave you. To become infinite bullies. To become mad gods, as all gods are mad. To become mad gods themselves. So they can say very forcefully, the character's name is Bob. And what are you going to say? Relative to what? Compared to what? How can I tell you that you're wrong? It's fiction. It's fiction. If I tell you that Albert Einstein's name is Bob, you can say, no, it's not. It's Albert Einstein. Or was. And it still is a fact that his name was Albert Einstein. I can correct you. We can correct each other. We have dispute resolution organizations called reality and logic. DROs are just an outcrop of that. Everybody believes in fantasies. DROs don't work, can't work, because there's not even the underlying structure of DROs, which is the scientific method of determining truth from falsehood in the realm of concepts, philosophy, truth, virtue, love, and so on. So the reason that people invent these concepts that are not derived from or based on or have any real relationship with reality at all is so that you don't think about reality and you don't guide your actions with reference to reality. But instead, you guide your actions and your pretty much sole point of reference is the opinions of others who you can never contradict. You can never rationally and objectively contradict someone who says, my story is set in Morocco. God exists. Your mother is virtuous. Why? Because she's your mother. Soldiers are heroes. It is almost impossible to contradict someone when everything is a fiction. And that's why fictions are invented. So that you will be enslaved to the storytellers and not get through to reality. So that you will no longer be a thriving organism interacting with reality in a logical and virtuous and joyful manner. No, that's not for you, my slaves, my pretties. You cannot point your mind at reality if you are stuck 
in the foggy, bottomless, empty, vacant other sphere of fantasy. Mankind is enslaved to stories. Mankind has fiction driven through its mind and its heart like a stake. Our reality is merely mythology. And the reason that mythology is invented, the reason that stories are invented, is so that we will be enslaved to the storyteller who we cannot contradict because we live in his story. How could we contradict someone who says, my story is set in Morocco? On what grounds would we tell him that he is wrong? And this is why concepts are invented that are not derived from reality. This is why all of these myriad and endless and bottomless social fictions are invented. Not derived from reality. Not with reference to reality. Not subject to logic. The government being a key and core one. Government is a mythology. Government is a fiction. Does not exist. Doesn't exist. It's a bunch of guys with guns. Uh, throw your ass in jail. But there's no such thing as the government. It's a fiction. Obey the government is exactly the same as my story is set in Morocco. My hero's name is Bob, and it is fiction. If I write a story, it is merely a convincing opinion. A good story is merely convince, a convincing opinion. Obey the government is merely a convincing opinion. Your parents are virtuous is just a convincing opinion. It's a story. It's a mythology. It's a fireside tale. And I have no problem with people who say, obey the government. That's sort of like saying, obey Big Brother in 1984. I don't fight against obeying Big Brother in 1984 because it's just a convincing opinion. The story and that statement or order within the story. Just a convincing opinion. <laughs> And of course, the most convincing opinions are the opinions which are interpreted as reality. That's why everybody is so hungry to invent all of these mad tales that are just spun in people's heads, do not even exist as spider threads between our minds, totally spun up in people's heads. The reason that people want to invent all of this stuff is so you will not turn to reality, but fear their opinion and quake before their opinion. Because you will think that their opinion is reality.
obey the government is hard to disagree with for most people because fundamentally it's like my story is set in Morocco how are you gonna disagree with it now <laughs> so when people are arguing with you if you really are feeling like twirling 15 nunchucks around your head and doing some seriously advanced space and gravity defying jujitsu and somebody says obey the government say, I don't know is, is this is this a documentary or is this fiction is this truth or is this myth like are you saying obey the government like I think orcs are bad Are you saying obey the government like I'm thinking of a story with a character named Bob? Like it's, it's sort of an internally maybe vaguely consistent uh, convincing fiction or like are you acting? Are you, or is it a documentary? Is this with relation to reality? Because if it's just in relation to your own opinions, then I can't disagree with you, but it has no meaning for me. It's like saying, I like ice cream, but I can't eat ice cream. I'm not going to disagree with you, but it doesn't mean much to me. I mean, I guess it may be sort of interesting to know that you love to eat ice cream, but you can't eat ice cream. Or, as we've talked about before, if you say, I had a dream about a turtle last night. That's one thing. If you say, I must obey, or you must obey my dream about the turtle, it's meaningless. Niels is smiling. It is nothing but a convincing fiction. As we've talked about before, I'm trying to sort of pull some strands together here, so I apologize for some repetition. When a priest says, obey God, the priest is saying, obey the fictional protagonist of my story. But that's what the priest is saying. Obey the fictional protagonist of my story called Christianity. Now, it's one thing to say, I have a story, a mythology, a fiction, a fantasy, a dream, a screenplay called Christianity. I have a convincing fiction called Christianity or statism or familial loyalty. I have a convincing fiction. And one thing for someone to say, I've written a great book. And the other thing is quite another thing for that person to say, and you must obey the lead character. You must obey the lead character in my novel. And my novel is called The Government. And my novel is called Religion. And my novel is called The Family.
do you see what an effort at will it takes to throw off this ever falling and ever hardening waterfall of concrete that is poured over children endless and over and endless and over hardening calcifying crippling crushing atomizing obey my fictional character is of course nothing but obey me priest says obey God it's got nothing to do with that so obey me obey me that's why we have to get rid of God it's humiliating to obey a guy who looks like a tea cozy in a funny hat just because he's waving some incense around and washing his hands at the choir boys that's that's humiliating the natural pride of the rational animal is humiliated by being ordered around by ancient men with funny rings hunched over like little gnomes in their chairs it is embarrassing and it is humiliating and it is vaguely ridiculous for a strapping 25 year old man to be ordered around by an 80 year old rickety idiot So if people believe in God, they don't think that they're just obeying the Pope. They think they're obeying God. But God is a fictional character. And the government is a fictional character. Your family are fictional characters in terms of your loyalty to them. Virtue no more clings to your family than government does to politicians. Virtue no more clings to your family than God does to a priest. So you say obey me because I'm your mother. Obey me because I am your priest. Obey me because I am your politician. That's all nonsense. They're all just fictional characters. That's why it's so important to stop believing in these fictional characters. And just look at it for what it is. This is all I'm trying to do, have been for these many months. Just look at it for what it is. Well, the government doesn't exist, so why do I obey these people? I don't think that they're wise or wonderful or great or right? why why would I obey these people? I don't I don't think that they're worthy in terms of wisdom of obeying. Well, it's a simple question. Why? Why do you obey? Why do you obey? Why do you obey your parents? Why do you obey your government? Why do you obey your priests? Why do you obey your friends? Why why do you obey? And with the government, it's the guns. But with everything else, it's uh, the fiction. It's the fear of fiction. If I say to you, well, you must donate $500 to me, because otherwise, the lead character in my last novel is really going to disapprove of you, you'd laugh. Like... What the fuck are you talking about? You crazy ass bald driving bastard? 
Not even in your next novel, in your last novel. Character in your last novel is going to disapprove of me. Oh God, really help me. I don't want to I don't want to incur the displeasure of a fictional character. Now, the fictional character that is most often called to the witness stand fundamentally, right, is not, is not God. It's not your parents. It's not the priests. It's not your friends, not your society. Not your culture. Not your nation state. Not your race. None of those things. None of those things. The fictional character... Oh, I just wish you could. <laughs> the, the fictional character that is most called, most often called to the witness stand is none of these things. Now, these, they just profit, right? They just feed on this fantasy. They're just the echoes, right? No. The fictional character that is most often called to the witness stand that is supposed to bludgeon and control and destroy you and force you onto your knees in eternal obedience, the fictional character that is almost always the one that is called to the witness stand is uh, right and wrong. Right and wrong. Right and wrong are convincing stories. Right and wrong are modern mythologies, and they've been mythologies. I mean, we just talk about the modern ones. The real religion, the real religion, the real statism, the real slavery, is to convincing fictions of right and wrong. We are always, always going to be enslaved to right and wrong. That is our nature as a species. We are born virtuous. We yearn for virtue. We yearn for goodness. That's why everybody self-justifies all the time. Attacks others, self-justifies. Attacks others, self-justifies. That's what people do all the time. That's why wars can't start without just provocation. The true fiction is ethics. These are the fictional characters of right and wrong that are invoked all the time. And people say, my fictional character called ethics is going to approve of you or disapprove of you. My mythological creature called virtue is going to smile at you or scowl at you. In my story, the gangs of right and wrong will war over your soul. But they are merely fictional characters. Now, of course, they're not in the real world. Right and wrong, universally preferable behavior, they all exist. I'm talking about the story, the fiction, the mythology of right and wrong, of good and evil, that runs the world. The fundamental hell that we live in is not, I have a story and it's set in Morocco. But I have a character, and that character is good. My main character is really good. And someone is supposed to say, no, he's not, he's evil. My, 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 my 
lead character, my protagonist, the protagonist in my novel, is really good. Really, he's just such a good guy. And so you should obey him. Why? Because he's a good guy, this fictional character. State, parent, politician, priest. You should obey my fictional character because he is really good. Compared to what? How do you know? How do I know if a fictional character is good? If I'm not allowed to judge his actions. If I say to you, I have a fictional character who is really good, you agree, right? I, I, I don't know. I couldn't possibly answer that question. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Couldn't possibly give you a clue. You say your character is good, but I don't know. It's your opinion. But this is what people are told. This is what public school education is all about. This is what religious education is all about. This is what the cult of the family is all about. Your mother is good. Your parents love you. They are fictional characters called good and loving. Do you agree? No. Don't be silly. I just told you they were loving. I just told you that these fictional characters are loving. You can't disagree with me. I just told you they were, and it's my goddamn story. You can't disagree with my story. You can't disagree with my story. And the eternal war in society the war that I am deliberately provoking and escalating because it's time is that people say my story is a documentary I know my story is a documentary Jesus did walk on water it's a documentary it's a documentary my opinions are facts my opinions are empirical I merely derive my opinions from what is. I am a helpless slave to reality, saith the storytellers. And so you say, oh, okay. So you say that your character is good, and now you've got a whole bunch of descriptions of your character's actions. Great, okay, I got it, I got it. Okay, so you say, Bob, the main protagonist in your story of the world, is good. Okay, so Bob, ooh, okay, so he kills people, uh, rapes a couple of guys, He's genocidal. Um, you know, i got to tell you, I don't think that Bob is good. And you say, no, 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 no. <laughs> Bob is good. I say, no, but, but Bob is doing bad things, and Bob can't be good. He can't be good and kill people. No, 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 Bob is good. I've told you that Bob is good. What's the matter with you? But you said that, you said that Bob was good because of what he did, not just because you made it up, right? Not because he's just some fictional character called Bob that you say is good. You say Bob is good because he does good things. And then I look at what Bob does, and he doesn't do good things. So Bob must be bad. No, 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 Bob is good. This is the eternal war. People say, I believe what I believe because of the evidence. And you say, well, the evidence proves the opposite of what you believe. And they say, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. 
The evidence perfectly supports my opinion. It's a documentary. It's not fiction. It's a documentary. It's a documentary where the Jewish guy who <laughs> came up with the theory of relativity, his name is Bob. It's like, but his name is not Bob. It's like, yes, his name is Bob. But no, the evidence is that his name was Albert Einstein. No, his name is Bob. But you say it's a documentary, and everything you describe is Albert Einstein. How can you call him Bob? He's just Bob. Why? Because of the evidence? Not just because you made it up? Yes, because of the evidence. But the evidence says Albert Einstein. But no, his name is Bob. Do you see? Round and 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 round we go. And this is what drives a lot of philosophers quite mad. And this is what drives a lot of non-philosophers completely mad. Completely. Everybody wants the credibility of a documentary and the complete and total fuck you freedom of the fantasy, of the story. Everybody wants to say that what they believe is based on opinion, uh, sorry, is based on facts, and that their opinions are blindly derived from the facts without any particular personal bias mixed in. Everybody wants to say that, of course. Because then it's a documentary, and you can bully people with it, because you're right. right. If I say Albert Einstein's name is Bob, you can totally contradict me, and, and rightly and justfully so, because everything's based on facts. And facts exist independently of human judgment. Everybody wants the credibility of the documentary so that they can use it to bully other people. But, and they say, well, it's a documentary. My story is a documentary. I'm, hey, I'm just, I'm just, don't blame me. Don't shoot the messenger. These are just the facts. But then you say, but the facts... The facts that you put forward don't mesh with what you're saying. You have this story called right and wrong, but you're calling Albert Einstein Bob. You've got it totally wrong. People won't admit it's fiction. Because once they admit it's fiction, they can't bully you with it. I come up to you and say, in a menacing tone of voice, You better obey me, because I had a real dream about a turtle last night. Wouldn't you find that funny? You better obey me, because I wrote a book. I wrote a novel. No? What, is, what would that mean about anything? It all just made up nonsense. Why would I obey you? Because you made up a story. What the, what the hell does that have to do with anything? Now people say, you must obey me because I have the facts, and you should obey the facts. They will never tell you that it's just a fiction. Never. And this is the constant back and forth. And if you sit and mull over this, and I, you know, I would hugely and highly recommend that you mull over this for some time. If you sit and mull over this, you will just learn and gain a, a staggering amount of understanding about society. 
this constant push and pull that just tears apart and grinds down the soul of the species. This constant pull and push of people saying, believe me because what I say is true. In other words, it is independent of my judgment, mere judgment and opinion, and is derived from reality. It's a documentary. It has to be Albert Einstein. If you tell me it's not Albert Einstein, it's a documentary. But his name is Bob. <laughs> and you say, but the facts contradict your, quote, documentary, which means it must be fiction. But the moment it's fiction, the moment it's recognized as fiction, as mythology, it has no power over you. So people tell you a story called, your parents are virtuous, your parents love you. And it's just a story. It has as much relevance to you as whether Zeus loved Hera. As whether one elf loved another elf, whether the orc thrown in as a hell sandwich or something. There's no... It means nothing. It's nothing to do with you. It's their story. It's their story. And they'll put it... Of course they'll put it forward as a fact, because if they can get you to believe that their story is reality, then you will obey them as if they were reality. You will obey them as surely as a rock obeys gravity. If they can get you to believe that their opinions, that their screenplays, that their fiction is a documentary, then you will obey them. You will obey them. Obey, obey, obey. So they'll put it forward, of course, as a documentary, and whenever you say the facts contradict your documentary then uh, they'll say, uh, no, they don't. I mean, it's uh, somebody uh, on YouTube uh, posted the, the sort of natural stuff, right? Uh, and then it's something about education, and this guy said, uh, well, but, you know, if, uh, if, 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 if schools are privatized, then the poor won't uh, get any education. Well, that's just as a story. It's a mythology. It's a... Uh, I mean, he's putting it forward as a fact. Uh, and so I said to him, I said, okay, well, if I can find you evidence to the contrary, will you give up that opinion? And he wouldn't answer the question. Same thing's been happening on the board. We'll talk about it another time, maybe, but uh, someone's coming down on a board member because he pointed out something that was true. And I keep asking, is it true? Right? To get through the mythology. Well, he had a tone. He was being snarky. He was being negative. Yeah, but what was he, was he said? Was it true? And people won't answer that. They don't want to. Why would they? Because they're a story. They've got a story. And that story is, I, I acted justly. That's what everybody's story is all the time. I did right. I acted justly. Blah, blah, blah. But they've totally got you, my friends. Your parents, your priests, uh, your, your, your politicians. Everybody totally got you. If you think that they're doing anything other than spouting off fiction. And trying to pass it off as a documentary. And if you don't get that clear in your head, then you will be disagreeing with people about whether their story is set in Morocco. Because if they don't know it's a story, they'll just change their answer all the time. You know, I've got a, I got a story set in Lothlorien. Well, Lothlorien doesn't exist. Oh, sorry, I meant... No, no. And they'll just keep changing their story because they don't know that it's a fiction. And that's why you have to start from the ground up. That's why you have to start working from the ground up. And that's why you have to start with the family. People don't know that what they're doing is, is telling a story 
then there's just no way you can ever have a rational argument. That's why people get so crazy. That's why people get so frustrated, because they don't realize that they're just battling fictions. You know, my imaginary friend can beat up your imaginary friend. Oh, look, our imaginary friends are having sex. I mean, yes, no, who, it doesn't matter. It's all imaginary. And, and if people don't have the, the intelligence or the integrity to recognize that we all ha are trying to crawl our way out of this hollow, empty, gassy, foggy, bullshit egg of, of fantasy, and if they don't know that unreconstituted, our opinions are just brutalized scar tissues of inflicted fantasy, that we are trying to jump out of the page. We're trying to, to get out of the flat movie screen. We're trying to animate ourselves into life and get out of art and fiction and fantasy. If people don't get that where we all start from is rank fantasy, then you're going to be spending your rest of your life arguing with people that their fictional story is not set in Morocco when they totally believe that it is and that it's a documentary to boot. Thank you so much for listening.